0: tonight's episode is going to be about uh ties that bind. I have somebody who's um who listened to my podcast and and heard in one of my podcasts how i had a, kind of had an epiphany about ties that bind and um the north star and and why I kept stalling out on writing it despite my um rewrite and everything that was going with it and when I realized that basically while I had planned for John and Rodney to have a similar emotional journey in Ties That Bind that John had had that emotional journey um, full blown but Rodney had not and that's why I was stalling out um, trying to cram all that in to the North Star which was supposed to be my final part, part 15 which is not going to work out that way, it will not be the final part and just acknowledging that, um, really opened me up and relaxed me, um, on the on the on the whole ties that bind thing and um I've um I've been writing on it and working with it and um, I'm really pleased with, with how it's going. But anyway, um one Um there's a question uh, there was it was actually a huge comment, and I have copied and pasted um just part of it into the summary, but there's a link to the whole comment if you're curious to um the entire uh comment that she left about ties that bind um and she says, I was hoping you could speak more on Rodney and his emotional state so far in Ties that Bind. I am wondering if it's a case of John, who at the beginning of the story had already progressed through the five stages of grief. And so while he still needed to heal, it was just a final bit of healing that could only happen by falling in love again. Whereas Rodney is still distancing himself from what happened to him to him leaving him stuck in this first phase of stage denial. And it's Rodney's great coping skills um, fueled by his daily interaction with his abuser that has his journey just beginning. And that's actually true. Um, While Rodney did retreat to D'Saad and he did have um, um, that retreat with with Lady Heather, which did a great deal to even him out, um, even out his emotions and get him in a place where he was functional. There's a scene in the North Star where John has to testify before um, um, the court is in court. And he has to speak to the charge that Rodney was coerced into his collar. And while Rodney would say no, that he was not coerced into a collar, and everybody else around them said, no, he wasn't coerced into a collar. When they asked John, John said yes. But it wasn't his pressure. It wasn't his... um, He wasn't the one who forced Rodney into a collar. And they make him explain that. And he talks about... um, being in various combat situations, and um, he even admits that John, that that he and Elizabeth came back to Earth with the sole purpose of basically rescuing Rodney, Um, and um, that that was their mission. You know, that was their mission. They came through the gate mission-oriented. They had a plan, and um, that plan was to secure McKay for the expedition, and they had... Several methods by which they were willing to do this, and John's offering a collar was one of them. And he said he was prepared to meet a sheltered academic, um, but what he got was a prisoner of war. And that he believed that Rodney's circumstances were so precarious in the mountain because of the way Carter had isolated him professionally and socially that it was like freeing a prisoner. And the collar was by which, you know, the way that John did it. Um and then there's another part where Rodney finally confesses to John that he's actually a lot more fucked up than he thought. And John said, "Don't worry about it." I already knew you were fucked up more than you thought. (laughs) So, in a lot of ways, John has been letting Rodney meander through this this year that they've been together, almost. It's it's been almost a year. Um, And they've been traveling this path together, and John is um, so in love. And, And Rodney has come into the realization that he is too, but... His trust was so abused by Carter, by himself. His trust in himself is, is in is all shredded up, and so Rodney doesn't trust himself. He didn't trust Jack to help him, so he never said anything. He didn't trust Janet to help him, so he never said anything. And they didn't notice. He didn't trust Daniel, his long-term friend, with the details of his marriage. He didn't trust Miko. He didn't trust any of them. He doesn't trust himself. And... As we move into the North Star, the only person really that that Rodney really truly entrusts is John. And he has to make a monumental leap of faith to bring in the courtesan court um, to render judgment not only for John, but for him himself. I I put Rodney's trust issues in place because I believed it disingenuous to have him open emotionally and available and trusting just just immediate that's not that's not how that works and John speaks to that trust when he talks about um the beginnings of their relationship when he's um in the hearing at Desaud. And he speaks to that and he says that that in the beginning Rodney trusted John's training more than he trusted John. Because he knew what kind of environment you know John had trained in in Singapore and He trusted that Gerard, you know, Gerard said if if this is a place that if you get a dom from this place, these, these people train them a certain way and you can trust in this house system to produce a dom that will take care of you. Gerard said this to Rodney a long time ago and it stuck with him. And so when he met John and when he realized what John was, it was such an immense relief to be to allow himself to be put in to the hands of a of, of an extremely trained sadist who has a great deal of personal honor who has a great um military record who's highly respected and rodney allowed himself to trust in john's training and eventually that trust spread to john in such a way that John became Rodney's touchstone. And then people on earth made the mistake of trying to get between that. Get between Rodney and the center of of what... Um, he's developed in his relationship with John and so coming into the North Star you know Rodney's under a great deal of pressure and and you see that in the broken road he is so angry to be back on earth to have his relationship being questioned to be treated like a slave he like a possession like a piece of property by his own house due to the due to the political maneuverings of um Antoine Devereux and he's so fucking angry and he lashes out at Gerard in, a, in such a way that Gerard never thought in a million years would happen and that's when I I wanted the reader to understand exactly what Carter did to McKay because Gerard's shock is so genuine. Like He cannot believe that this is his courtesan, that this is the reaction that he's getting from Rodney. And it's because of Carter because Carter has destroyed his trust in all of these systems that were supposed to be in place to take care of him. And now... The very system that's supposed to defend him in his own house is being used against him to take away the only person that Rodney trusts. And he's furious and he's afraid. And so it's. It's an immense amount of emotional pressure that's sitting on McKay, and so as I moved into the North Star, I I had to come with grip to, to grips with the fact that I had not um, that Rodney's journey is not over, um, and there are plenty of issues that are super super evident. In McKay's character throughout *Ties That Bind*, his extremely low self-esteem, his his disbelief that John would be genuinely interested in him in the first episode, de- details how badly his self-esteem is. Because this is a courtesan, he was trained to present himself as the epitome of sexual submission. That this is someone who should. Fully believe in his worth, in in his sexual power, in his his ability to both give and to receive pleasure. And he's been reduced to this, to this person that you meet in, in the first episode, who is not confident of, and he's not owning his sexuality, and he's not owning his pleasure, and he's not... Um, and since he doesn't own it, he can't give it. He can't submit what he doesn't own. I never there's something that just got said in the um podcast that i I have to vehemently disagree with um Rodney's courtesan mark was always exactly where it is. It couldn't be moved. It can't be removed or changed in any single way. He put it on his body where he did in one of the most emotionally healthy situations he'd ever been in his life. He had just been marked, been offered to be marked with the epitome, the ultimate honor for Desaude. He is not just a courtesan. He is Gerard Desaude's courtesan. He is the North Star of the Marquis de Sade or the de facto Marquis um, Marquis de Sade. This is not, he chose to hide his mark, not as a issue of self-esteem or worry or concern but because it was immensely private. It was a private accomplishment that he took a great deal of pride in. He loves his mark. He loved his Pleasure Master. If Gerard had offered to collar him, Rodney would have taken the collar. When you meet Rodney in the first episode, is it intimately bound? Huh. I have the names all mixed up in my head. Um, he's hiding his status as a courtesan. But it was never about the the hidden, the, the place where his mark is. A lot of courtesans wouldn't display their mark as openly as say as a consort or as a geisha um there are rules of conduct when it comes to a geisha that an uh, a, a geisha really can't hide their mark because if you remember in a later episode in ties that bind someone touches miko without permission rod not matt and miko without permission and he is severely punished for it so hiding a lotus mark uh Lowers their protection. It lowers the veil of, um, of. It would prevent them from getting all that they're due. But a courtesan um, is is very different, and often there are plenty of courtesans who would hide their mark. I don't ex- I don't plan to have Spencer's mark. In Mount um, uh, Criminal Mind's arc, I don't intend to have his mark be evident. Um, it'll be hidden somewhere, probably on his um, on his hip. I'm thinking Matthew. He has some really pretty body. Anyway, I got I got distracted. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, Spencer, I'm so looking forward to riding you. (laughs) But um, Rodney hid his status as a courtesan in the very beginning of his marriage to Carter, when he still had a great deal of of self-esteem, when he wasn't um, particularly uh, worried about anything, beyond making sure his wife didn't get access to his money without his permission. Which he made, which which he put in his marriage contract. So this is a, you know, he went into that marriage with a great deal of self-esteem and really, as heinous as Carter's behavior is, Rodney lost so much faith in himself and he lost trust in himself um, due to his poor personal judgment. That that is the biggest issue he has. I think that. Um, sometimes, like, especially when it comes to someone like a courtesan, that you hide your mark. Because displaying your mark doesn't give you the kind of um, benefits that a geisha does. Because if, if you touch a geisha without permission, um, lotus will cut your head off if, if if they get the opportunity. And if you abuse a geisha, lotus will cut your head off if they get the opportunity. <laughs> but the isn't like lotus. Um, so displaying a courtesan mark um, has no uh, ha- has no real benefit as far as like social rules are concerned. So, but they're also highly prized and they're very rare compared to a geisha or a consort. So they will get. Negative attention, especially in situations where, like Rodney, where he worked predominantly with the military, or Danny in Hawaii Five O, who's a cop, you don't want suspects seeing that um, on you. Um, it's it's dangerous. It 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 opens them up to threats that are uh, really super unacceptable. So no, Rodney hiding his mark was never never about his self-esteem. It was about um, honoring what he was and um, keeping it sacred and personal. And that's why he didn't discuss who his master was because that was, he thought, really nobody's business but his own. But if you notice that a lot of people who found out that Rodney was a courtesan sought to dominate and control him Without his permission, you have Jordan, who whose boner for McKay was epic by anybody's standards, and um, and it was based solely on the fact that he was a courtesan, and he, you know, early on in the series, you find out he actually suggested that it be put in Rodney's contract that he had to submit to um, VIPs in the mountain. Like he was a whore. Like he was a slave. So in situations like that, it's really easy to see why Rodney wanted to keep his courtesans um, set us a secret. And it had nothing whatsoever to do with his self-esteem, but more to do with his personal safety. and um, Right. Christine says that it was like chumming the water when they found out Rodney's status. So no, that was never about his self esteem because that you know he received that mark before he even knew Sam Carter existed. Um, and he hid his status because he didn't want to be displayed um, in the mountain because um, because even in the very beginning, he's coming to realize that he never really true I'm trusted Sam Carter. And accepting that and acknowledging that um, is part of his process. It's, it's, part, it's part of his healing process. And um, just um, what I've always thought to be true, and one thing that I've um, worked through with with John's character um, in, in Ties That Bind, and to a lesser extent Rodney's character, which is why I'm still not quite done, <laughs> is that the five stages of grief aren't really five stages. You don't go through them one by one. They kind of come at you all at once. Like a fucking hurricane. And, and and just when you think you're done, you're actually just hitting the eye. You're hitting the eye of the grief and then you come out the other side of it and it's just like getting bombarded again with this with anger and denial and and loss and, and, you know, trying to accepting it and trying to acknowledge um, your circumstances and your situation and and how you go forward. I've always thought closure was bullshit. Um, I don't think that some emotional wounds never heal. You learn to protect them so they don't get poked at. You learn to keep them covered up so they don't get infected. And you keep them clean. But but they never really go away. And when it comes to um, a situation like Rodney was in, uh, which really, um, while there was some physical abuse, most of what's has stuck with Rodney um is emotional severely abused him emotionally um and she um yeah she definitely knew where to cut uh you can there are circumstances and situations that you can you can deal with and and step away from and come away with some sense of it being complete and finished and there's satisfaction there um but closures bullshit uh, and you look at Rodney in his relationship with John and he's opened up to John in um in ways that John didn't expect to happen for a very long time. So, in in, in some ways, Rodney has gone much further, and um, he's acknowledged uh, that his, that his relationship with Carter was um, really unbalanced, and it wasn't just a matter of her ignorance. Garnett asked in the chat room. Someone mentioned Carter's ignorance earlier. Was it ignorance or was she trying to fuck him over? Um, there is a there is a moment in um the North Star where um uh Dame Isabel, who is the North Star, she is the um highest ranking courtesan on earth. Um, and she um she addresses Carter and she says, they tell me that you're really smart and that you saved the world. And this is, an, and, 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 and this is a paraphrase because I don't actually have it open in front of me. She says, but I think you're dumb because you didn't educate yourself socially when you had every opportunity to do so. And that makes you stupid and that makes you dangerous. And then she tells Jack O'Neill to kick her off earth <laughs> because it's true that Sam Carter's ignorance began Rodney's situation with it's there um, right yeah literally her her lack of social training was the beginning of their problems but it wasn't their entire problem Her frustration, um, her inability to accept her own dynamic, her lack of, she put no zero, she put zero importance on social training and in ties that bind, that's a sin. I mean in that world it is a sin if you have the ability to see yourself educated and she did and not and Carter not only this is this is actually super important um and it's not something that she will ever acknowledge about herself in, in Ties That Bind. And I won't be going back to the Carter issue in, in Ties That Bind that way. You know, there's Rodney, but she did, there won't be any more scenes with Sam Carter after the North Star. Um, what uh, what Sam Carter did was a lot more than just abuse. Yes, she mishandled him physically And then began to abuse him because she couldn't um, master his dynamic, which she found frustrating. So she abused him. She belittled him emotionally. She tried to destroy him professionally. All that was emotional abuse. She tried to break McKay down emotionally because she could not master him physically. But... And in some ways, it's like it all comes full circle. Her biggest, her biggest problem in their relationship is she utterly failed him. She failed him. And for someone like Sam Carter to fail in any arena was an extremely frustrating experience for her. And so what did she do? Because she had no training, she had no um, training to fall back on, she lashed out at him repeatedly as often as she could. She didn't understand his dynamic. She didn't understand her own dynamic. So it was a situation that it it didn't go as bad as it could have, Um. But it went bad. So she punished him um, for her ignorance. She uh, abused him with her ignorance and um, failed him in a variety of ways. Um, Christine asked, can you imagine Carter's father's reaction to failure? Um, It would have been pretty bad if he lived, but Jacob Carter and and Tyus Bind died of his cancer in the very beginning. He never became a host. Um, because I think that in ties that bind becoming a host is probably the single worst thing that could happen to a human being with dynamic. Just imagine parasite that's like the oh God, it's terrible just just think about it. It's really super terrible for a submissive. This parasite is in them forcing them to submit. For a dominant, this parasite is in them um, dominating them and destroying their – uh, it's just terrible to think about. So in, in, in my verse, Jacob Carter would have never have agreed – to become a host, no dom or sub would. It, it's body modification number one, which you know is is only done in certain circumstances in ties that bind, and it's just terrible. It's really terrible. So, well, in ties that bind, Rodney has more mommy issues than he does daddy issues, but. I think that if someone got snaked, that coming out of being snaked, um, or being a host, being rescued from being a host, uh, I don't know if it would make, you know, everybody's individual. It, it would just depend. I think that Rodney would, would recover from being a host, but I think if John Shepard was hosted, um, or infiltrated by gold, he would, um, he would go non dynamic. Just imagine someone like John having all, every bit of his control taken from him again. Because you remember this has already happened to John in a way when he went blue, um, got the blue bug. You know, there was still a lot of John in there because he went, got the erratus, but. He did lose a, a lot of his humanity, and to have that happen to him again, that would be it. I mean, that that would be the final straw um, for John when, um, when it comes to that kind of thing. So, it's just, snake, oh, it's just, oh. In fact, I think, honestly, um, as terrible as the race are, and as terrible as the or are, the gold always freaks me out the most. It's really terrible to think about, <laughs> yeah he had a blue period, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, Rodney, you know, um coming into the North star, you know you know Rodney has come to terms with the fact that he was in an abusive relationship, a part of him. Still, um, thinks that his acceptance of her ignorance has some blame but I think that it would be disingenuous if, if he didn't believe that because um, no victim comes out of trauma without um, without self-blame um, you just don't it, it, it's not true. Um, but. Even when you have an accident. Just you know. When when something bad happens to you. Part of your brain kind of. Oh well you know. You brought that shit on yourself. You know because like. If you have a car accident. It was in no way your fault. What do you think. Well if I had just turned the other way. Or if I hadn't gone to the store. At this point. Or if I would just waited till tomorrow. To get the milk. I really didn't need milk. You know you always try to mentally find some way for this thing to, that happened not to happen to you and um i think and it's in and, and it transcends just abuse victims or or rape victims or just anything you know any, any time something bad happens your your brain tries to um Adjust it so that it didn't happen, and so you so you end up blaming your something um, yourself for something that that happened in the situation. Um, you know, if I hadn't gone to the store, or if I'd stayed home, or if I'd you know not had the light on. You know, you just that's just human nature. That is human nature to rationalize bad stuff, exactly, Christine, and not to. Um, it's just what we do. And so that's part of Rodney's character, and it's always going to be there. Um, and I just felt like that was that. That's just what it is. I mean, and, and and you can't ignore it. I mean, it's it's terrible, but you can't ignore that that basic part of of who we are and um, what we do to each other and and how that works. It's just, um, it's just what it is. It it it, it is what it is. And so. <coughs> um, going into the North Star, um, I I stumbled a little on the um on the execution and I was stalled out and I couldn't figure out why. And then I just kinda had a moment where I thought, Oh, that's why So I went to write the scene where Rodney confesses to being in love with John. And I literally could not write it. I could not write it. And that's when I realized I couldn't write it because it wasn't in the right place. This was not the place for this scene. Um, My character was not ready for this. This is not where my character is emotionally. So I can't put this here. I have to put this somewhere else. Um, And so that really helped me out. And um, I I smoothed out the rough spots and, um, Going forward. And uh, I... Uh, in the scene before... My current scene... And they're currently... Uh, in, in my work in progress... Um, John and Rodney are currently fucking. Yes guess they are. I cut them off mid-stroke. Sorry guys. Um, but before that, John got to kill somebody. Actually, he got to kill a whole bunch of people. And John feels much better. Because, you know, John been on earth for all this time and he was getting a little antsy and people were pissing him off and he couldn't kill anybody. Well better and Rodney got spanked and he feels better and now they're fucking and it's great. It's great. And and they had a little emotional moment and connected and John told him, I knew you were fucked up more than you thought and we're cool. I really like to spank your ass now and Rodney's like, Hell yeah (laughs) So that's where we are. Um I hope to finish it up before the end of the year, but you know, you know Nano's starting and all that stuff. I did not cock block John. I did not. He is in it. He is he is balls to the wall, and I promise he's all in it. He's all up in it. I didn't I didn't cock block him. He is he is bald in. Oh, Bangin. They just been fucking for the past 3 days. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. If you're going to leave your characters somewhere, it's best to leave them fucking. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, actually fucking. It's, it, that's just the best place to leave your characters. But see, you know... No, I, I can't even yeah I'm done. um, you guys have a great week. I have to get up at the ass crack of dawn in the morning. um for those of you who who spend time with me online, you know that I usually don't even go to bed to like five in the morning. Well I have to get up at eight. I have to get up at eight in the morning. <sighs> That's terrible. Listen to my first world problems. I know you love me, Lady Holder. She just told me to fuck myself. Oh, she actually she said fuck you. For those of you who are on the podcast, she said fuck you. Well, I don't. I um, am a domestic engineer, and I spend most of my time um, up at night because I'm a nocturnal creature. I'm a creature of the night. I am the night. <laughs> but tomorrow, exactly right. And so you know that right on the head, my mother is coming to get me at eight, uh, uh, 9 in the morning. So I have to get up at 8 and take a shower and fuck my hair. And it's terrible. And that's my first world problem for the week. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. I'll think of something to talk about. Um, my mother asked me because I told her I had to let her go because I had to do a podcast. And she said, you do that every night? And I said, Mama, I've got 10,000 opinions and I am more than willing to share them. So you guys have a good night.